It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is episode 55 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. And we are here for a special live episode at NGConf. Yay! The crowd goes wild! There's dozens of them. There's literally dozens of (laughs) hundreds of people in this tiny room. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we want to start off with a comment from a listener about um, firing. So I'll just read it. I just wanted to say thank you for doing the show today. I was part of a decision to fire someone and I felt really bad about it. But remembering your advice from episode 44, I decided to keep any explanation to a minimum. Luckily, I wasn't the one informing them that they were fired, but they did come over and vent to me a little bit afterwards. I was tempted to justify myself, but then I remembered Dave saying that this is already an awful day and nothing I could say at that point could help anything. Your show helped me not make a bad situation worse. A ringing endorsement. Yeah. Not making bad situations worse. What if? <laughs> Since 2016. Oh, man. <laughs> sorry you had to go through that, and I'm really sorry for the person getting fired, but... I'm glad that you were able to find some kind of solace in in that advice. In Dave's advice. I hope it worked. Let us know like if that was the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess you're saying it was, at least at the moment. Let us know again, though, because we're really self-conscious about that. Uh, okay. I think we have our first question. Who is yes. also live here today? Live, yes. This is a soft skills engineering first ever, where the question asker is actually here in person. Sergio... Step right up here, why don't you, and let's hear the question that you have for us. Absolutely. I have a question. That's why we asked you here, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a very good question. Yeah. (laughs) That's the second reason we asked you here. (laughs) As it turns out, I actually have two questions. Oh, gosh. But we're only going to charge you for one. Perfect. Thank you. Two for one. I like it. Okay, so my first question is, when you go into freelancing... Um, is there ever a risk of like having your technical skills like deteriorate a little bit? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause you're so worried about just getting things done. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. in, get paid, get out. Right. Kind of thing. Is yeah. that, is that a thing? Okay. And what's your second question? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's your job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, what are some things about like going into business that, you know, as a freelancer and whatnot, or that you didn't expect or, you know, just one of those unforeseen things mm-hmm. that maybe okay. you wish you knew now is, you know, you've done it for a while and now you know kind of thing. Great. Thanks, Sergio. Thank Why don't you. we give Sergio a round of applause for that? Great job. So the first question is, do your skills deteriorate as a freelancer? So I've gotten so much worse at Mario Kart and ping pong and <laughs> Nerf and like all those programmer things that all of these happened around the office. I just don't do those anymore because we I don't know a ping pong table. So that's home. a resounding yes. Yeah. Some of your skills, skills are they garbage, will deteriorate. Yeah. yeah. They're real bad. <laughs> On the other hand, your tax skills will improve dr- dramatically. And if they don't improve, you'll just go to jail. <laughs> so that's, and then you learn like shiv skills. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I think my skills have improved since becoming a freelancer. I'm also like which skills are you talking about now? Like technical skills. Okay. So your question was specifically about technical skills, right? Oh, so you mean all the other stuff we said was just crap? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's oh. always true. All oh, right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's not. I feel like my job is to deliver value to the client and that doesn't always mean just get in and like crank out the worst crappiest code as fast as possible. 
uh, that's still a thing that takes a lot of effort and that I improve on. Um, the, I'm not like focused on a specific niche or technology either. So I'm still doing a lot of exploration. I don't know. That, that part of it doesn't feel that much different than when I was a full-time employee. Okay. The, the focus on technical skills and improving those. The so, prob- oh, go ahead. so you recently transitioned from full-time employment to freelancing, right? Yeah. Within the last year. Yeah. And it feels like the technical problems are in some ways more challenging because the scope is smaller. So it's not, it's uh, there's less long-term ownership of a problem where it's like, I'm will shepherd the system through five years of existence, but it's more like in six months, what's like the most I can get done that will cause the most impact throughout. So it's like a little bit more time, more like concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different problem, but it's not like easier. It's not, it's not like I learn less doing it. So you have kind of a, what I think is a little bit of a different freelancing experience than some people, which is you have one client one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty long-term client, right? Yeah. It's, it's pretty broad too. It's, it's, it's not like do this small project for us. They have more, I don't know, larger problems that need a little more ownership, I okay. guess. I don't know how it'd be if it was like, if I was like a WordPress developer. Or yeah. Where you're doing like one new website a week. Yeah. Yeah. Never going too deep and always delivering as fast as you can and then bouncing on to the next thing. Yeah. I could see that certain skills could deteriorate in that environment. You know, like you'll get really good at starting new projects, but maybe your ability to design maintainable code that, that can last for a couple of years um, might deteriorate. But on the but just having said that out loud, I realized that every time I've tried to develop maintainable code that will last a couple of years, I've failed just miserably. <laughs> like, like, have you ever seen a system where you're like, this gigantic code base is so maintainable? Like, <laughs> it's like the number one thing about it. <laughs> Don't kill my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by not working like on a team, do you think that affects you too? I'm working on a team. Uh, really? Yeah. Team? Yeah. If I was by myself, uh, I do worse work when I'm alone. So I think that would affect me, but I still work with other people. You're like the doctor from Doctor Who. I've never seen an episode of Doctor He Who. goes kind of borderline crazy when he's alone. That's like why he always travels with people. Yeah. that's And Yoda, right? Yeah. He travels with you. <laughs> That's the one, right? <laughs> no, you're thinking of Star Trek. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I, so, Sergio, you, you talked about your tech skills atrophy, atrophying. I feel like, I mean, one thing that happens in freelancing is you do a lot more. You, you bounce around a lot more. Um, so you get exposed to more stuff. But that also mm-hmm. happens in your normal job, too. Like, your responsibilities change, your projects change. Or even if you're on the same project, the feature that you work on changes. So there's still it feels kind of like there's opportunities for growth and for improving your skills no the, matter what. The other thing is once you're a freelancer, you have a lot more control over the kinds of projects that you'll choose to work on instead of just waiting for your company to have the right opportunity for you, which means if you want to develop your skills in a certain technology or area, you, are, you will have more opportunities to go do that. Um, whereas in your main job, it's very unlikely that you'll be building a big product and they'll then be like, you know what, we want to try a new technology Let's just throw all that out, you know, and we can try this new technology. That that doesn't happen very often, but as a freelancer, you can you can do that. And uh, because every time you choose a new client, you can choose what what basically you'll have more opportunities to choose clients. I think so. On that on that front, I think it could be very good for your technical skills to learn new things. Um, the other thing that I think you'll your skills will develop in is something you maybe haven't thought of, uh, which is relationship building. 
as an engineer, or sorry, as a full-time engineer working for a company, you will definitely have chances to build relationships with other engineers as coworkers and friendships too. But as a freelancer, you're going to have to learn how to build relationships with people who see the world differently than, from engineers, salespeople, marketing people, accounting and finance people. And um, those skills, I think, will be very valuable, uh, maybe even more valuable than your ability to write really good code. In terms of like dollars? Yeah, in terms of like 1,000%. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, you can write really bad code and make money. If you have good good relationship, relationship building skills, <laughs> yeah, that is the truth. Yep. Uh, on that shining. What was your What was your second question though? I forgot. Like unexpected things. Oh yeah, really unexpected think. stuff. Uh, just like all these people that want my autograph all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no. What has been unexpected? I know one for you. What health insurance was a big pain in the butt. Oh yeah. But that's was that expected? Yeah, it was just. I could expect it, but I didn't feel the pain. Yeah, yeah. Now you, it's like visceral now. Yeah, I mean, you can, you'll hear all this stuff like you have to pay way more taxes because you're paying self-employment taxes and you don't have benefits. You're paying all those yourself. So if you just take like hourly rate times 40 hours a week times 50 weeks a year, then that number can look eye-popping large and then you just like chop it by 40% or something for time you take off or for taxes or benefits and what about the feeling you get when you take a vacation and you stop getting paid? Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, it, it definitely puts a very concrete price on, like, the break to play a video game in the middle of the day. Like, yeah, there's, oh, like, a dollar amount. That cost me $100 <laughs> to get yelled at by 12-year-olds on the internet. <laughs> Was it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could you really put a price tag on getting yelled yeah, at on true. the internet? That's true. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. There's been good stuff too. I think the ability to respond to just like random fun stuff, like the flexibility to do that has been good. Like that time you made a website and went skiing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go snowboarding. <laughs> what was the name of the website? Shredjs. Dot website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know there's a top level domain called website? It's like, that unlike you, all the other websites, website. this is a website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shredjs.website. It took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to make. but Which you can measure in dollars now. Yeah, I can. <laughs> but I could also make that trade off. So That's right. Yeah, that was fun. Whereas before, you could have just done that on your employer's time and not, <laughs> not had to get. <laughs> I would never recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, then the cost isn't in dollars. It's in your teammates thinking you're a scumbag. Only if they know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did we answer your question, Sergio? Yes. And you have to say yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a great question. So question answered. We did it. Do you want okay. To the next one? Yeah. This comes from a listener named Nick Duggar. Nick writes in. He says, I have a very non-traditional background having dropped out of school. I made some very unrealistic goals when I was 20 that I wanted to meet by the age of 25. I'm 24 now, and by the way, when I was reading this question, this is where I thought I knew what he was gonna say, and I was totally wrong. I'm 24 now, and I have just met all of my career goals. <laughs> <laughs> now that I don't have the looming, unrealistic goals to strive for, I'm no longer running myself into the ground every day, working extremely hard to get where I want. I now feel very lost and confused. Do I still want to be a programmer? Am I just burned out? Is this a common issue to get everything you wanted only to feel depressed about it? 
I think we owe Nick a collective sigh. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Poor Nick. Isn't there a Pokemon named Duggar? That sounds like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We've talked about this before where I'm too old to have been into Pokemon, but I'm not too old to make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> you never are. Uh, this is an interesting question. It's like, yeah, this is a good problem to have, I guess. Like, I achieved everything I wanted to in my life by age 24. What's next? <laughs> no, like, that's like the gist of what he's saying, right? I think you die, right? Like, I wouldn't recommend that. New goals? Yeah, like, like, I was thinking if that didn't give you the satisfaction that you wanted, you could set a goal to go relocate to San Francisco and work for a really elite startup, and then maybe you'll feel satisfied. That sounds... Accurate. <laughs> uh, I think you need to get a tattoo, and buy a motorcycle, and get like a mistress or a boyfriend or whatever. Like go through the midlife crisis thing. Just at twenty four. Mid- midlife at twenty four. Yeah, it's clearly on an accelerated schedule. That's true. <laughs> get a convertible. Yep. Um. Go buy like a house you can't afford in a neighborhood you don't belong in. Yeah, those are classic. Any other midlife crisis things? <laughs> um, golf. golf. Isn't golf? Golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, actually, that's a good idea. Set a goal to get really good at golf. I've never seen anyone ever meet that goal. Yeah, that's true. So that'll, that'll keep you busy life. for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I imagine these goals were probably pretty concrete, like get this promotion at work or like make a certain amount of money, this much money or like, I don't know, something with numbers that you can measure, like get an open source project with this many stars or something like that. Speak at a conference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those you just check off and they're done. Like you, you have checked them off. Um, but longer term goals to me feel like maybe this is just how I cheat myself. I just make them vague so I can never say if I've achieved them or not. Like, be the kind of person Dave thinks I should be. <laughs> and then I just strive forever because I never know if I am or not. Um, Is that but, why you ask me every week, like, how am I instead of how are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just because I'm bad at small talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel like if you set – I mean, someone in the back said just set more goals. And I think that's one approach to it. But the risk you run there is like – like You're just repeating. on this hedonic treadmill of goals. Yeah. Do you know the hedonic treadmill? Is that, is that uh, yes, where everything's great, but you, you re-baseline your expectations yeah, just based on how are. awesome things are, and that becomes normal, and now you want something better? Yep, yep. So if you just say, like, well, I'm a senior engineer, I want to be a lead engineer. Super then, senior engineer. Yeah, or super saiyan engineer, or whatever the next level a what? is. Super saiyan engineer. Super saiyan? Yeah, do you... <laughs> I don't know what that is. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Oh, see, that's another thing that I'm a little too old to have gone through, but I'm not too old to make fun of it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, that, and it's pa- valuable. Power oh. Rangers also. I never got into Power Rangers. Oh, that, that's too bad. I think well, I tried to. I actually remember this. My mom would make fun of me when I watched it when I was a little kid. That's why I'd, you like, never got into it. Punch fight on the couch when I saw their fights, and then she'd laugh, and it made me feel bad. So I never watched it. They're, they're making a movie now. It's out. Oh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Anyways, maybe we can go see it tonight. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So, a suggestion from the audience is to make a goal about self care instead of like these external motivating things like titles and stuff. I think that's a smarter way of what I was trying to say. Yeah, like less externally 
focused goals, more inwardly focused goals. So like, like the exercise, of, yeah, mental state, health, relationships, relationships. Or, yeah, this is there's an industry of business self help books ready and willing to give you all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. By the way, <laughs> they're uh, ready to take your money. Yeah, they are. Um, Has this happened to you before? I where, you, where you've hit some goal and then. You wake up and you're still just Dave Smith. I humble genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I have never sought. I don't think I've ever set a goal for myself that was related to my career. Really, but I have received accolades at work, and I think everyone has, you know, to varying degrees. Everyone has gotten the promotion or the raise or whatever. And like I get on the hedonic treadmill so fast. I mean, it's like, boom, got the raise. Before I even walk back to my office, I'm already like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) I don't know. Like I remember when I got a promotion, maybe my first promotion I ever received. I was at this company. They had levels and I was a software engineer level one and I got promoted to software engineer level two and I went back to my desk. And I was, I opened up the same editor and I opened up the same files and I continued working on the same features that I had been working on as a software engineer level one. Mm -hmm. And I think at that moment, I realized that I will never get for myself lasting fulfillment from a promotion, you know, Mm -hmm. um, have you had that experience? Lasting fulfillment or promotion or or what? Either one. (laughs) Yeah, I have, I it, it makes sense, though, that that Nick would feel like there's this stuff I want, and when I get it, like, I'll have made it. I've achieved it, and then I'm done. Uh, and I think it's smart that you're realizing that that's not how life yeah. works. Yeah. It's more about the journey, I, that's, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to learn to enjoy the journey of engineering instead of thinking of it as a destination. Is that the title of your self-help book? Yeah. yeah that'll be available in bookstores next week. <laughs> yeah. Any other – so someone had a – you had a good suggestion. Any other suggestions or feedback for Nick from the audience? What does he do? He's made it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it now that you've made it? Yeah. Quit your job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sure there was a oh. reason why you had that goal to begin with. Right. Was the goal just to achieve the goal? Well, maybe. So the comment is there must have been a reason for the goal to have been born in the first place. Maybe there wasn't. And maybe that's why Nick is feeling unfulfilled. It's like the the, sh- the shallowness of these goals is manifest in achieving them, um, perhaps. Or, or maybe it was he did mention that he had a non-traditional path into engineering, dropped out of school. So maybe it was like prove that I can hack it. Oh, yeah. Question, comment. I, I definitely wouldn't put down like making new goals, but I think making your goals should be done in light of this is the kind of journey that I want to have. Okay. Rather than I'm going to get these goals and I'm going to be happy, I'm going to set these goals because this is the kind of life I'm going to have. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to reach them eventually and set new goals. So you're saying that the goals are like a means to an end, not yeah. the end themselves? So I'll tell you what, in my life, like I said with that promotion, it wasn't the most fulfilling day. When I really think back and look on what really fulfills me, it's the relationships that I've made with people. And I don't really think I could make a goal for that. Somehow that would feel like it would take away from the meaning. 
to be like, I'm going to make three BFFs this year, you know, like, I don't know, maybe you could do that. Maybe, maybe that would actually be a good thing. But when I look back at the people that I really love and who, when I spend time with them, I feel great. And I think this is wonderful. Um, I have a hard time imagining myself putting in place a plan with goals to get there. Maybe, maybe. I think the right person could, but I could see how it'd feel artificial and like I haven't met my quarterly goal for friends and then you just <laughs> yeah. start like knocking on doors and <laughs> accosting. I got to hit this number. <laughs> yeah. So be romantic comedy from the late nineties where it's like you have a bet to take out the unpopular person. Yeah. And then you actually like the unpopular person. Yep. 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 find out later that it was all because of this external thing. And then you have to like backpedal and, and you yeah. have to like sing on the football field. Or something. <laughs> so it does. So I think um, I think this is a pretty hard situation, and I think that it's going to take a mindset shift to get out of the funk. I would say don't quit being an engineer just because you achieved some goal and it wasn't as fulfilling as you had hoped. Um, but instead, rebalance or not rebalance, but like try to recalibrate your goals to things that you that maybe will be worthwhile. You can, I don't know. You can also look at. So maybe maybe you've been really focused on these goals and you haven't taken a look back at what was fulfilling throughout this time. So if you were really focused on getting a promotion or, I don't know, some, some external thing, uh, but there was a project you really liked or like mm-hmm. shipping this thing or helping these customers or yeah. examine that and see if there's something that you enjoyed that you can focus more on awesome. instead of just checking stuff off. That sounds really good. Thanks. Oh, comment. Yes. Yeah. Excellent comment. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Question answered. Question answered. What more could possibly be said about that question? Nothing. <laughs> do we have time for one more? Yeah, we do. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, do you want to read this one, Jameson? Yes. You talked in an earlier podcast about interviewing for practice or as a matter of course. How do you turn down companies you don't want to work for without burning bridges? How much time do you let them invest before you say, actually, I have no interest working here. I just wanted to see what interviewing with you was like. (laughs) I did a three-day interview only to realize I didn't want the job and I felt pretty bad about walking away. So in the previous episode, I've said this actually I think a few times, but I'm a serial hobbyist interviewer where I go to companies and do interviews um, and it's mostly just because it's a heck of a lot easier to interview when you're not desperate for a job. And once in a while they turn into great jobs and you can take them. Uh, but in the meantime, you get to learn all these great things about how other companies work and how other engineers do interviewing. Yeah. Um, which I'm just like inherently interested in. And so the question is, what do you do when you get too far down this path and you feel, you feel bad for ejecting <laughs> and like they've invested all this time in you? And you're like, I'm out of here, suckers. <laughs> I was never interested in you. <laughs> uh, have you heard of negging? Negging? Yeah. No. So this is, it's weird and gross. It's like this thing in uh, like this gross dating culture where you like say mean things about people to make them like you. Okay. And it seems like this could feel like that. Like you go interview somewhere uh. and you're like, eh, I'm not that interested in the <clears throat> company and then uh, this happened to my, my CEO once we interviewed this engineer. We really liked, they were really smart. We really wanted to work there. We really wanted them to work with us. They said no. And then it drove my CEO 
crazy. And he would like <laughs> call them all the time so and would, go out to dinner with them to try and convince them. And it was kind of like, uh, it was, I don't know. It made me feel sad because they clearly didn't want. Did they take work. the dinner appointments? Yeah. They wanted <laughs> the dinner. Sounds like it worked out <laughs> yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Maybe that was the plan all along. But We'll interview for food. The CEO felt bad because it was like a rejection of... Oh, yeah. It's like, this person doesn't think this is a good opportunity. But how it is you, a good opportunity. How could you reject this I'll amazing... Them. This amazing company that yeah, I Yeah, exactly. Built. So, it got to him personally. But I don't think most people are like that. Uh, most, most places that are interviewing people are interviewing a lot of people. And, like, you saying no to them will not be that big of a deal. So, it's not, it's not going to, like, crush them. I don't know. So you're saying that like the default is saying no will be no big deal. Yeah. So, so what do you need to say to make it a big deal so you get that free dinner? <laughs> if you say yes first and then <laughs> you say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree with Jameson. I think you're putting too much burden on yourself to, um, t- to uphold some social norm that actually is uh, inflated in your mind. Um, I think companies go through a lot of candidates – and even on day three, like this is a three-day interview process, apparently, um, maybe not three back-to-back days. Even after three days of interviewing, it's fine to say no. Even if you said things in the interview like, I really want to work here. And that's when you start to feel like a little two-faced where you're like, I'll say anything to get this job. Yes, I'd love to work with you. And then later you're like, I don't really want to work with you. Um, well, I mean, imagine what would happen if you didn't do that. If, if yeah. because you went to an interview, you had to take the job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just out of politeness, you just got a new job. You're like, you well, say, no, I really don't want this job. But you did ask me how to sort a linked list on a whiteboard. <laughs> so, so I'm taking it. You did put a lot of Also, I was it. too polite to quit my old job. So <laughs> I'm just going to work too because I just can't stand to burn any bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't think you have to reveal anything super um, embarrassing when you go through this process other than a very simple statement that's clear and cannot be misconstrued to mean anything besides I'm no longer interested in the position. And you can dress it up a little bit with you've built a great company. You've got a lot of good things going. I think I think you'll be successful and I'm impressed with what you've got. At this point, I've decided it's not the right time for me to join your company and the end we got yeah. a hand i have a suggestion uh in order to not feel bad that person could help them find another person like maybe they themselves are not a good fit for that role or aren't interested in it but they could recommend other people ah so this so de- so the suggestion is to deflect the interview process to someone else <laughs> to say, I'm not going to work for you, but there might be someone else who could. And I, I, that's actually a very polite thing to do. Um, and I think that would be above and beyond the like generally accepted social norm, but certainly would help. And it might distract them with going after someone else <laughs> so they don't keep bugging you. <laughs> I would be like shocked and in awe and overjoyed if someone did that. Yeah, it actually would be really nice. Yeah, it'd be super nice. Uh, yeah. Did you have your hand up too? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty pragmatic about these things because I feel like towards the end of those three interviews, if the company didn't like them, they wouldn't be hiring that person anyway. So it's it's kind of like a two-way street. Like They have no problems turning you down. 
after having you come out. And That's right. They could have wasted three days of your time and said right. no. So why do you have to show them all this over-the-top politeness just right. to say no to them? That's a really good point. What's, I mean, what's like the most outrageous way you could say no? I think you could say, I have weighed your company and I have found it wanting. <laughs> <laughs> this place is doomed and not even I could save it. And yes. then you just walk away. I watched metaphorical rats swimming away from this sinking ship as I came in and I will not be part of it. Or you just leave them like inscrutable poetry that's vaguely negative and that's your no or something. <laughs> a haiku. <laughs> Just an empty email with a haiku. Or just an empty email. You just send an empty email. <laughs> and then you send a follow-up email that says, my previous email represents the emptiness that you will feel because I'm rejecting you. <laughs> or, I mean, I, yeah, you could, you could just keep doing the empty email thing. Everything they send you, just reply with an empty email. <laughs> and then forever. when they ask why you sent an empty you email, send an empty email. Just another one. Yeah, it's you, empty emails all the way down. But it's like active ghosting. It's not yeah. It's not ignoring them. <laughs> then if you see them in person, you say like, no, I, I sent all those characters. <laughs> send, send them a bill for, uh, for the, the three days of your time. <laughs> bill yeah. That'll make them go away real quick. <laughs> yeah. You could also tell them an outrageous salary amount. That, that, that yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Outrageous salary. Oh. $300,000. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. So... A date. This this could be an opportunity. If you know you're going to say no, you could just like try to negotiate as hard as possible and practice yeah, your because skills. There probably is a number where you would say yes. Yeah, find that number but, <laughs> and then go for it. Yeah, I mean, and then the worst just, thing you get, the worst case scenario is you don't you don't have the job you didn't want. Yeah, and the best case scenario is you have this enormous number. Yeah. Which also, going back to life goals, will leave you feeling empty and unfulfilled. <laughs> Just an empty email from yourself to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that negotiation thing could backfire, though. Yeah, if you could you get a black mark. really hard, then you could burn some bridges as, like, the jerk who just toyed around. With yeah, that, that could stop you from getting interviews in the future. Absolutely. Um, but I hope it was clear that we were joking about all that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think there is. If you're like on the fence, then you should negotiate really hard. If you really oh, yeah. do want to yeah, say yeah. no, sorry, yes, then that's... maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. you would learn about negotiation. You might burn some bridges, so you'd yeah. have to weigh those two things. Yeah, if you string them along and it ends up being bad, that could that could definitely affect you in the future. If you're outrageous, yeah. Like you wear a clown suit to the interviewer, <laughs> no, <laughs> and ask for four hundred thousand okay. dollars a day. Yeah, then you could be construed as outrageous. That's okay. The clown suit, those the clown suit, too much. Yeah, that that's what put it over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anything else we want to say? It sounds like you're a nice person. You're thinking yeah. about the yes. company and how they would feel. Let Let me Let me add one more thing. Companies have hiring budgets. And in those hiring budgets are all the time and expenses that they make interviewing candidates. They fully expect a um, rejection rate from candidates. It's just, it's budgeted in. Like you're not hurting anyone's business. You're not going to make them go bankrupt or something. And, and, uh, and so don't worry about that one bit. The only thing I think that's, that this person is, is worried about and probably should be worried about is, are they going to be coming across as a jerk you know, and, and I would say generally, no, no, 
I think you there's not a very high bar for not for all the stuff you have to do to get out of an interview. Have you have in. you ever been rejected by a candidate and felt bad about it? I'm trying to think if I've ever experienced that. And I like I your CEO who couldn't let it go. Yeah, yeah. like my CEO who couldn't let I've it go. I've had one. Yeah. But but and you were like really down and wish they had rejected you in a different way? Or? No, no, no. It was I just wish they had said yes. Oh, okay. And, well, and I and I you know, I went out I met them. I brought the offer up to a higher salary, and then they still said no. And I, it was more like just I was just baffled, like why they wouldn't take the job because it was a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I was never mad, and I never thought, oh, this person strung me along. Like I offered to they? buy them lunch. You know, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. they were like, well, if you buy me lunch, I might say yes. Yeah. You know, there was none of that. So I don't think I've ever experienced this from people saying no either. And none of them have done anything particular. It was just like, nope, no thanks. Yeah, move Don't on. Didn't want to commute, didn't want more remote, yeah, wanted this different job. So Or empty set. Like you don't have to, they, they don't necessarily give reasons. Yeah, or that blank email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'll, you'll do fine. Yeah. And it, what a good problem to have, right? Like Seriously. the fact that you can ask a question about how do I say no to the job office. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, <laughs> Woe is me. Life is so hard. <laughs> I'm really struggling with how to reject these people who want to give me money. <laughs> That's a great situation that great. to be in. So that is fantastic. Enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. Question, well, question answered? Question answered. Cool. How can people find out more about the show and ask their own questions? James? They can be here in the live audience at NG. Woo! Thank you all for being here. If, if anyone wants to hear more, we have a website. It's softskills.audio. Um, I bet you didn't know audio is a top-level domain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can also be found on Twitter. We're at SoftSkillsENG. If you want to ask a question, there's a Google form on the websites that you can just submit as much or as little detail as you want. You can send us a tweet or a direct direct message also, and then you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, all the other podcast things. Yes, all the things. Yeah. Great. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you. See you next week, except the people that are here. We'll see you (laughs) some other time. (laughs) Bye-bye.